Welcome to Pyramid to Circles. This podcast is for the leaders and the change makers who have the goal of evolving their company, their department, their team towards more collective intelligence, more empowerment, more self-organization, but who are asking themselves how to make this happen and where to start and how to get inspiration from others. Today, I have the great pleasure to receive Michelle Holiday. Welcome, Michelle. Thank you. Hi. <laughs> Michelle, we know each other a little bit as we met during a learning expedition in Canada where you were a speaker. This was two years ago. And I really enjoyed, and not only me, but all the team enjoyed the presentation you made and the conversation we had. So I'm thrilled to have you today and somehow to continue our conversation. Mm-hmm. So... <laughs> Um, something about you, you're based in Montreal, but you have lived mm-hmm. in, I saw your profile on 19 cities, including Moscow, London, Paris, you saw the world. Um, yes. so, so which one of those do you recommend the most to live? <laughs> to, to move, to live? Yeah. Uh, I, I, I love living in Montreal. It's yeah. such a wonderful blend of Europe and North America. But um, there's nothing like Paris, I have to say. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was probably um, my happiest time. Nice. Uh, in a tiny apartment with a few responsibilities, and that's where I started my research. So uh-huh. I was following my curiosity and exploring living systems principles in organizations, and and it was just a, a time full of inspiration and and the city. I wow. think had a lot to do with that. It really fed my inspiration. Because you, you're American, right? And, a, and you have an American passport, mm-hmm. but maybe you are this That's world right. citizen. Um, yes. <laughs> so, so today you are, you, I'd like to introduce you a bit more. You're a facilitator, mm-hmm. you're a speaker, you're a researcher. You're also the author of a book that is titled The Age of Travelability, Vital Perspectives mm-hmm. and Practices for a Better World. So today we're going to talk about the content of your book and how you connect the development of organizations with the development of life itself. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I, I think you see your mission as bringing people together and help them discover ways they can feel more alive, more connecting meaningfully with each other and serve life more powerfully through their work. And that involves accompanying organizations as they craft their manifesto and then design design the ways they will live into it so so that's um that's 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 the way you you actually phrase your mission you're also uh, part of this worldwide art of hosting community of practice mm-hmm. maybe we can start there could you tell us uh, shortly about what it is what is art of hosting sure this is a, a global community of practice there are tens of thousands of people Uh, involved in these principles and philosophies and and practices of bringing bringing people together uh, creatively and um, in participatory ways to draw out collective intelligence. I think you talked about collective intelligence already. Uh, And and the the premise, the, the core of the philosophy is that what we're hosting is what's alive in the group. We're hosting Mm -hmm. life and what wants to emerge. So we bring that uh, perspective and we bring methods that are aligned with, with Mm -hmm. that intention. Mm -hmm. Yeah. As opposed to maybe facilitating a predefined process 
That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. There's a there's a tractor coming towards me. <laughs> so there's always something. Uh, it's it's a it's a life emerging, you know. That's fine. It is life, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so maybe that connects with um, thrivability, and because um, you you I think we're already there when you speaks about emergence uh, and and facilitation. Um, I would love if you could explain um, what you what you mean by that and uh, by, by this concept. Um, yeah, maybe maybe let you explain that. What I mean by No, thrivability, the the the, the 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 concept and and the, the title of your book, which is really your mm. your core and your your core to, core topic. Yes, yes. Okay, so thrivability is really what it what it says. It is about supporting the ability to thrive, life's ability to thrive for you and me, for, for the individuals mm -hmm. who are involved, for the organization or the project that we might make up together and, and recognizing that as a living system, a living and, and dynamic ecosystem that is also capable of thriving. Um, it's, it's tending to the ability for, of the biosphere to thrive. So um, setting it as your clear intention to create the conditions for life to thrive at all of those levels. And this is something new, something that we don't do generally in our organizations and, and in our communities. We set our, our intentions on something much smaller than life's ability to thrive. And as a result, we're getting something catastrophically less than thriving. Mm -hmm. So it's really important at a basic level to be explicit that the, the, the point of anything that we do is to enable life to thrive. And, and even more than we have to have some understanding about what that involves, some awareness of the fertile conditions that life requires at, at all of those levels, at any of those levels. So in those days in Paris, I went in search of what, what I now call life's universal design principles. What are the, the fertile conditions that are required um, if life is to thrive at any of those scales, um, whether it's our bodies or a rainforest or an ant colony or an organization, there's a core set of, of design principles that we can work with that, are, that offer useful guidance. So I, I talk about thrivability as the informed intention and practice. So informed because we have to know what, what are those fertile conditions that are required. Intention, we have to be explicit about setting that as our intention. And then the final piece is that it's an ongoing practice and it's an individual and a collective practice. It's not something I can uh, just teach you and then you'll know it, how to uh, enable life to thrive. It's not something I can give you a certification in. It's, it's more like a a yoga practice, a spiritual practice, a martial arts practice, mm -hmm. where we are continuously deepening in wisdom and compassion mm -hmm. and the ability to sense what's needed and to respond with effective action. So all of that is, is so, uh, in there. Yeah. Uh -huh. I, I, before we go into the conditions, I just would like to pause there because this mm -hmm. is really interesting because the in, in organizations, I mean, you speak about... Um, wisdom and compassion and 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 the, the vocabulary the vocabulary you're using is is often more used in 
Mm-hmm. Like spiritual teachers, or maybe some people in you know ecology, in, in, in environmental activists, or you know the conditions for life to thrive. Uh, that, mm-hmm. that would be the concerns of people, you know, uh, in this in these spheres. But mm-hmm. you are in the sphere of organizations and and, and, mm-hmm. and consulting. So um, it's interesting. You talk about thriving. Most of the people talk about growth. And that's right. a very different thing. So I think it's very, it's, there is a very strong distinction between the two. So, you yes. know, the, the, most of the companies are about, you know, growth and, mm-hmm. and uh, how can we grow? And, and um, thriving is a kind of a different outcome, right? So mm-hmm. there are many, it opens many questions, but maybe, maybe just let you comment on that. Like sure. this distinction between the two. And is it even possible that like, companies and organizations don't choose growth, but for but try in what way is it better for them? Just- right, right. I'm, I'm really happy that you point out the, the, the differences in vocabulary. This is a, a really useful and tangible starting point in mm-hmm. the practice to notice what metaphors you use, what vocabulary. Mm-hmm. Most of the time in business, we use mechanistic metaphors, um, uh, human resources, human capital. These are very kind of... Um, extractive mm-hmm. and, and transactional kinds of metaphors. So I often invite people to start by noticing the language and, and just see what, what else is revealed, what else becomes visible when we try using organic metaphors and, and, and terminology. It's a, a simple practice that we can do and it, and it often mm-hmm. um, helps us see new possibilities and more dimensions to the work. So growth is actually an organic concept. Machines don't grow, but, but living systems do. And yet we know that we can't grow forever. And we know that uh, quantitative growth isn't, um, it, it, it is something that we can't do forever and isn't the only possible dimension of thriving. So this exploration of living systems perspectives naturally leads us to the exploration of of qualitative growth and of um, more aspects of of the health of the system. And and it it, it actually opens us up to the possibility of of death and renewal. We we don't necessarily have to talk about death of the people involved, but of projects. And and we know in, in gardening that pruning is necessary for the system to thrive. So yeah, there's a whole new kind of set of, of possibilities that we can explore when we, we move beyond only the metric of quantitative mm-hmm. growth and, mm-hmm. and explore the, the bigger topic of, of what it would mean to thrive. Mm-hmm. It, it, it just holds so much more. It's as if we are, as, as, as human beings, we are, but as, as, as groups, as families, as we are meant to thrive. This is, it speaks to mm-hmm. me more as who am I uh, mm-hmm. than to grow. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> and, and yeah, who am I? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I guess as organizations, we, we also, mm-hmm. maybe we are more mm-hmm. meant to thrive than to grow. I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. that speaks to, it's much, uh, there is, I uh, like when you bring health, there is no, no, no notion of, 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 of health in growth, for instance, but there is a notion of health in thriving. It's also mm-hmm. more happy, more, more mm-hmm. in, inspir- inspiring, maybe more joyful, uh, more adventurous. Mm-hmm. It's right. more human. Right. You know? I, 
I think that's one reason that the sustainability movement hasn't hasn't achieved all that it needs to because the the concept isn't very inspiring. Let's Uh-oh. sustain things. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. and this, sustaining is better than extinction, but I, I think we all sense that that there's more that's possible. And and that mm. more that's possible opens up the imagination and the, the creativity and the compassion that are actually needed needed to get us to sustainability. Mm. Yeah, sustainability is like keeping the, keeping the things going on as they are. We're just trying to protect something. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we are not mm-hmm. inventing. We're not opening to new possibilities. So mm-hmm. so um, so okay. So so when you bring this concept of thriving, so what does it mean for a company? Uh, what is the what is the shift for a company to 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 say? Well, you know, uh, what we we don't want is to grow, but we want to tr- really thrive. We are opening to a new mm. conversation, I guess. If when you have this conversation with your leadership team, I imagine this is a completely new, different dimension. Mm-hmm. It is. It is. So. I think the best way to answer that question is to mm-hmm. go to these uh, universal design principles yeah, because yeah. there isn't just one answer to what does it mean for us mm-hmm. as an organization to thrive. We have uh, th- these characteristics of all living systems that there are parts. And in an organization, it's the individual people that are involved. And so we would want to explore What, what will that look like when the individuals involved in the organization are able to contribute their best gifts and are nourished in the process? So when they, their passion is nourished. So we, we can explore that. And in living systems, the parts are connected and supported in patterns and structures of relationship. So we can explore what will it look like when work flows freely and decisions are made easily when there's joy, there's a sense of play and effectiveness. So uh, this is another aspect of thriving. Another aspect of what it means to be alive is to be in relationship. The third of of four aspect uh, or, or condition that we have to tend is that the parts come together in patterns and structures of relationship in a way that creates an emergent whole that is the organization and what helps people come together in shared purpose is, uh, sorry, in, in wholeness is, is shared purpose, shared identity, shared story. So who are we serving? What, what brings us together? And um, what will it look like when we're making a, a meaningful contribution to the world? Um, and when we invite our, those that we're serving in, uh, in, a, in patterns of co-creation. So we, we explore again, what would that look like? And finally, In in all living systems, those patterns are self-organizing, self-integrating because they are alive. And so we can explore what will it look like when we allow inspiration to guide us, when we're sort of tuned into life's wisdom and and we we support that flow of of self-organization and self-integration. So those are the the four conversations that I guide organizations and and communities through. So, so uh, there is a conversation on, on diversity, like how can we be a space for individuals to show up in a way that they are fully themselves, more authentic, 
and we uh, we can embrace this diversity of we we don't want mm-hmm. to be copy paste the same people we we want this diversity we want to we want people for who they are and 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 grow their own potential mm-hmm. that's what I understand um, mm-hmm. then there's the relationship that's part right. yeah and and um, this I understand mm-hmm. and I think mm-hmm. this is this this is uh, this uh, this is I referred to that in another diff- in a different podcast uh, this is what Higgins is talking about I guess in the uh, deliberately developmental organizations that really invest in the growth of their of the mm-hmm. employees and create a, con- a space for uh, a lot of feedback, a lot of training, a lot of, of growth because they believe the growth of the company is based on the people growth. So we are still in the growth concept mm-hmm. or the growth paradigm, yeah. but it's based on this diversity and, and this uh, first first element that you, you bring. Um, yeah, there's something that's a little bit, there, there's like a nuance because mm-hmm. I talk often about how we need to create every project every organization as a practice ground for a more thrivable world Mm. so that's developmental but it's and and we will grow we will learn we will we will develop more capacity as individuals and as a community as as a collective more capacity to generate new possibilities and to heal what needs healing more capacity to tune into the wisdom that's needed so somehow that's more than growth. Yeah, you know, there's, yeah. there's this real cultivation uh, as if it's the cultivation of soil. I, I often talk about the metaphor of soil and soil is not there just to grow. We, we definitely plants grow, but the focus is not so much on the individual plant as it is on those fertile conditions and that practice ground. It's on the soil itself. Does that make sense? I love it, and and you you say a place for healing and for for to heal mm-hmm. and for wisdom. So mm-hmm. you and also you say uh, organization a practice ground for the world. Just just mm-hmm. just could you elaborate a bit more? This is this is I think very uh, very yeah. inspiring. But um, I just just concretely, mm-hmm. what what how does it work? How does it look like in a, in a mm-hmm. team? Mm-hmm. For well, instance. first I want to say. We don't have other practice grounds anymore. Mm-hmm. We used to gather maybe at church, and that would be yeah. the place where we would learn to become better humans, a better community together. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it was in the piazza, you know, in the plaza, the central mm-hmm. square. There, there were commons, and we don't have that in modern society. And so I find that organizations and organizational leaders have a big responsibility. This is our commons. The organizations are our commons now. And, and so as, as leaders think about corporate social responsibility, the social isn't only outside of our walls. It's, it's maybe most of all inside of our walls because we in the organization are a microcosm of society. So it's, it's important to reflect on how we can create a space in which we can become better humans and uh, individually and collectively we can grow our capacity to sense the wisdom that's needed and, and to contribute in, in meaningful ways. So what does that look like? You asked yeah. in, in my experience, it looks like continual checking in and, and reflection in the action and in between the action. It's, it's important to, uh, to come together in conversations and learning about 
how well we are creating those practice grounds. What are we learning? What, what would we like to try out next? What do we think might enhance this practic- practice grounds of ours? Bringing in diverse voices. It's, it's, in some ways, it's that simple, <laughs> but it takes courage because these are bigger conversations, bolder conversations than we're used to having with different vocabulary than we're used to using. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if, if I give an, just maybe a, say someone in the audience is a manager as a team mm-hmm. and they say, oh, I want to do that. Okay, what should I do next Monday? <laughs> what mm-hmm. can I do concretely with my team next Monday? We're 10 people. We're going to have this phone call, like a weekly call. I'd love to practice to become a, a ground for, yeah. for people to mm-hmm. grow. But I, okay, Michelle, I'm not sure. Just give me, what should I tell them? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I think the starting point is, what, what are you noticing? What are you noticing in the world? What are you noticing in, in the work? What, what matters? What, what are we not talking about that we really need to be if we're honest? It's that kind of a bold conversation. And, and then follow that. There's a, a wonderful little book by Peter Block called The Answer to How is Yes. Everyone, as, as you're asking, everyone wants to know how. How do I do it on Monday in, in my one hour meeting? You know, how yeah. do I get to drivability? Yeah. And, and he's saying it's, it's not appropriate to jump to action before reflection. We, we do have to spend some time noticing, noticing what we notice, noticing what we care about, noticing who we are. So there's a series of questions I'll often ask organizations um, in, in an extended process, but um, who are we? Who are we t- together? What brings us together? Who are we at this time and in this place and in the world? What do we want? We in this place and this time in this world, what do we want for ourselves? What do we want for those we're serving? What do we want for the world? What is the change that we hope to affect together? And what has to be true if we're going to get what we want? So that manager on Monday, I, I think maybe just has to, to find somebody and, and say, if, if we really believe that the world is in trouble, you know, that humanity is in trouble, what, what could we do? You know, what, what are we maybe uniquely positioned to offer and to contribute? And, and what's the learning that we'll have to go through if we're going to contribute in the way that we're really called to? And again, I'm really aware that I'm using unfamiliar vocabulary, but um, that's that's what I got. <laughs> that's great. Now. I think that's very clear. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank you very much for that. Mm-hmm. I love the uh, what has to be true and uh, what can we do? Because um, mm-hmm. you you are speaking. It's not about us being more aware. It's about uh, at the end of the day, it's about serving. That's that's how I kind of getting mm-hmm. what you're saying. It's about uh, being, a, mm-hmm. actually, yes, self-aware, but more even more aware of what's going on out, you know, for the other people around you, uh, for the world, as you say. Right, and, uh, and, right. Uh, yeah. And I'll tell you, I, I described those patterns of living systems, the parts, the relationships, the wholeness that in organizations mm-hmm. is created by shared purpose, and then life that is self-organizing, self-integrating. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's easiest for me to explain those uh, patterns. Those are the conditions we have to cultivate. 
So it's easiest for me to explain them in that order. But what I've been experimenting with over the past couple of years is working with them in the reverse order. And, and what I mean by that is inviting groups to start by saying, how do you know what's true? How do you tune into life and the, and the wisdom that's needed? What are your practices and methods and how can we do that together? So from there, we can explore what's really needed of us. You know, what we're called to contribute together to our customers, to our community, to the world and, and shared purpose. And from there, we can design infrastructures like sociocracy and holacracy and, and design thinking and, and just effective meetings. And from there, each of us can decide how we want to contribute and step up. So it's, that took courage on my part to start by saying, okay, we, we each are wired with ways of knowing that, that go beyond our individual brains. You know, it's, it's about more than just what I can figure out. It's meditation, it's um, walking in the woods and just taking inspiration from nature. And there are methods within the art of hosting and, and, and elsewhere of, of being in conversations, in dialogue, in which we, we notice what emerges that isn't what you brought and it's not what I brought. It's something that seems to be present between us. And that's the wisdom, you know, that we're looking for. So that's the, that's the kind of cutting edge of, of my work these days. Okay, that's the cutting edge of your work. I wanted to ask you this question. What is your edge now? <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It is. So I can give you uh, a, a practical example of that. Yeah. And yes, it's a very please. small one. Um, I had a call with uh, a woman in tourism. I, I'm doing quite a lot of mm -hmm. work in, in tourism lately. Yeah. And uh, so this woman who runs a tourism business called, she's in Peru. And um, we, we, we scheduled a call and she said, I love these design principles. I love the idea of thriveability. I want to organize my business. And in fact, I'd like to gather people from across Peru who are in tourism, because I think we all need to have this conversation, but I'm struggling to figure out what is the itinerary, you know, that we need to offer to visitors and which visitors. So she's starting with the parts, you know, the really concrete details of how we're going to build this thing. And I said, okay, Let's see what happens if we flip the order and we start with life. How, and, and this is really, uh, not all business leaders will be ready for this, but I said, do you have ways of, of, of knowing what's needed? What's the wisdom that's needed? Do you, do you write in a journal or do you meditate? And she said, you know, I, I never told anyone this, but I, I talk to the trees and, uh, and the flowers. I just, I look to them for inspiration and it's sort of a, a form of meditation, I guess. And I said, wonderful. Now, what are the trees telling you? And she said, wow, you know, I was recently in the Amazon and uh, it was burning. The trees were being killed to clear cut. And I felt this message from the trees to say, you are here for a purpose. We need you to, to organize to uh, bring people together in this exploration, in this conversation. And so you may or may not believe in that, you know, it, it, that may sound really um, crazy, 
but uh, I, I think everyone has some way to to find uh, their. Sometimes people talk about it as a north star or their calling, and so from that place, we were able to have a, a really useful conversation about what is needed. What is the conversation that's that's needed in in Peru, and that it seems uh, her sense was that we need to draw uh, on indigenous wisdom and and, and bring that to the surface again and honor it and, and find ways for tourism to honor and respect and renew the indigenous wisdom. And, and we can work our way back from there to an itinerary, you know, but it wouldn't work as well in the other direction. And, and, and Thank you. It, just yeah. in case it, it wasn't clear, it's we also clear. found our way. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. We, we found our way from, from her individual business to something of a movement you yeah. know yeah and and this is this is part of the trajectory of my work as well mm -hmm. i i was working exclusively with individual organizations and it became clear over time that it's it's very difficult to make the changes that are needed as an individual organization and, and, and as an individual leader but as we work together across a sector we find courage to have these bigger conversations and and we become more able to change the structures and the systems that are holding us back so mm -hmm. i'm working across tourism mm -hmm. and she and i are now working to to convene multiple tourism operators and and government organizations where i work across agriculture bringing farmers together mm -hmm. and, and those who are connected to to agriculture to have these bigger conversations it's um i understand that the shift was from the parts like tourism i have this trip or this destination and this and that and, and the shift was uh, tuning into what is the whole calling for if i speak with, with the art mm -hmm. of hosting way <laughs> that's right uh, yeah and and, uh, and 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 allowing this to not come from a rational thinking but more from uh, some from a heart or from from a source of wisdom mm -hmm. that you call life I, that's it also very interesting you 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 t I have the impression you call wisdom and life the same thing, like as if there was a mm -hmm. voice of life that is transpersonal, that is beyond people, that is across people. Yes. That is. That's right. That's that's the mm -hmm. assumption you're working in, right? That's right. And if I think before I I really um, investigated what do I mean by mm -hmm. life, I mm -hmm. would have told you that my definition of wisdom is the ability to see any situation from multiple perspectives, mm -hmm. to, to, mm -hmm. to hold the complexity of mm -hmm. any situation. That's, yeah, yeah. that's my definition of wisdom. And life is complex, right? So I, I do see those as um, kind of interchangeable. So if we're, we're trying to sense the wisdom that's needed, we can um, explore those living principles the principles of living systems they will offer guidance about the wisdom that that's needed hmm. thank you for that i'm uh, i'm very intrigued many things are triggered in this conversation for me and i love it uh, <laughs> uh now you talk about complexity and and wisdom is the capacity to integrate complexity and to hold it how do we Mm -hmm. How do we know that? 
I, th I think that we actually have the physical experience when we reach a, that place, right? Like, am I now having enough wisdom to, am I holding now enough complexity? I do, am I enough in the moment? Do, mm -hmm. do we have all the perspective? Like, when do we know? Because definition, the definition of complexity that is so, com it's, it's complex. So when do we know we are embracing it? And mm -hmm. I, my answer would be, you know it in your body. Uh, mm -hmm. or you know it in the energy, but what would you say? That's right. I would yeah. say the same. Yeah. I would say, and it's part of why this idea of thriving is helpful because that's a felt experience, right? Yeah. I couldn't define for yeah. you whether you are thriving. Health, I might be able to. I might be able to say your blood mm. pressure is between this range yeah. and your weight should be between this range, you know, but thriving is, is subjective and it seems it, it includes health, but mm. um, you, you might be thriving even as you're dying, you know, even as yeah. you're suffering, you still, you still yeah. actually might be, might be thriving. So yeah, I agree that it's, it's something felt. So we, we look for signs like joy or play mm -hmm. or just energy and, energy, and conversely when, yeah. Right. When there is not energy, we can look to those principles and, and ask as a diagnosis, you know, is it because the individuals are not able to express themselves and share their gifts? Or is it because life is not able to flow in our relationships and our mm -hmm. decision making and information sharing? Or is it because our shared purpose is not compelling and clear yeah. enough? Or is it because someone is trying to control too much? And we're not mm. able to follow the inspiration of life and, and, and its wisdom, you know? Yeah. I, I see a, a point of connection of interest in the, in the world of organizations today and, and, and the world that, or the paradigm you're speaking about that is life and where those two can meet. And um, I just would like your reaction on that. That's the, it's around energy. Um, mm -hmm. I, I believe it's very understandable for an organization to say that the actual resource is the people is energy of people. Mm -hmm. like, so they 100 mm -hmm. depend on the energy of people. It's not their time. It's not the competence, the right. skills. It's the energy. I mean, you can be the most clever mm -hmm. person, but if you have no energy, you will not you know move the needle. You can, but if you are, right. you know, this young person full of energy, you can move mountains. So what we want is you know mm -hmm. the the potential. When we say where is we are. We, we, we are uh, limited or we cannot do that anymore. It's just, just th there is a variable that is people energy. And if you increase that energy, there is that's more right. is possible with you know, limited resources. If that's we speak true. this language, right? And, and that's, that's right. And it's true for both employees and customers and community, you know, stakeholders, mm -hmm. that the more energy, the more passion, yeah. the more people feel that they are, are participating in this thriving yeah. living system. The more that is possible, the more resilience there is, the more forgiveness, yeah. the more creativity. The more creativity. Yeah, exactly it. The more potential, mm -hmm. uh, the more innovation, mm -hmm. the more... Uh, and, and then we can have a conversation on how we grow energy and, and how we mm -hmm. actually ensure uh, as leaders and, uh, that, that uh, create conditions for people to thrive, to have this energy mm -hmm. in the organization. And mm -hmm. I think that's a good entry point I mean, in my experience, it's an entry point to uh, rethink uh, how we lead, how we manage, how we think work. Uh, mm -hmm. Actually, if you pull that, if you pull that, you so much comes. Um, That's right. 
Mm. It, it brings up the difference between management, leadership, and stewardship. Mm. Um, oh, and you, stewardship oh, yeah, go ahead. Is, That's very yeah. interesting. Go ahead. Stewardship. Yeah. It's a very difficult concept to translate, yeah. mm-hmm. and it's, it's sort of controversial, but people and energy can't be managed. Only something that's kind of inanimate. You know, a machine can be managed and controlled. If you try to do that to, to people and their energy, you will kill it. Yeah. Leadership is, is useful. It's sort of the next level. It's um, influencing and, and, and guiding. And, and that takes us a little bit further, but stewardship is really recognizing that um, there's, there's life there that is beyond my control and even beyond my comprehension. I can't possibly know the extent of your potential, you, you know, as a, as a person or the potential of a team, but I can create the conditions for emergence of that potential. So it's a, that's where the practice really comes in. And this idea of stewardship is a practice of deepening in wisdom and compassion and, and trying things out and, and, and seeing what happens and, and adapting and adjusting. So this is why it's about a continuous conversation and reflection, noticing what worked, what didn't. And we do that. We do that anyway, but it's doing it with more, uh, more clarity of intention. You keep saying the word noticing, which which comes <laughs> a lot with mindfulness. Mindfulness is about noticing, and yes. and uh, mm-hmm. you, you're the observer of of what is, and and also it's mm-hmm. interesting because I also connect two words with agile. I believe that uh, when we say want to you know, become more agile, mm-hmm. it's a lot about noticing. Yes. I mean, if you're an agile, uh, mm-hmm. you're able to respond. So you need to That's respond. Right. You need to notice. <laughs> And uh, right. the practice of noticing what's going on and uh, something that comes from holacracy that I think is amazing, but I think it comes also from other practices is this notion of tensions where we, mm-hmm. so they, they use this, they label it, label it tensions, but this, the, mm-hmm. when we, we experience something that is not coherent or that is not aligned uh, or that is missing or that is, that is uncomfortable or that is uh, stress, stressful. Uh, so they call it attention mm-hmm. and, um, just not giving a space because we need, we have individual practices such as meditation or mindfulness or this, this is, you can learn to be, to notice as an individual, but as mm-hmm. a team, we need practices to, you know, That's we need right. to practice uh, noticing. So I mm-hmm. know that, I, I know the, the we, we start to know those practices around tensions, man, uh, they call it tra- tensions, triage, where we, you know, on the agenda of a conference, of a meeting, for instance, we say, okay, what's going, what are the tensions? What are you noticing that is, mm-hmm. that is not aligned? That is, what are the gaps that you're experiencing? And already that is amazing because we're actually bringing the real topics on the table, the, peop- the, the right. real pains or the, the real challenges that people have. Uh, so we, it's an emergent process because you cannot, you know, con- you know cannot anticipate that. This is just what is happening now and today. Right. And um, so, so that would be a good practice, I guess. So I'd, I'd love to have your mm-hmm. comment on that. And maybe, you know, other practices to kind of learn how to notice or be noticing or being better stewards mm-hmm. of what's emerging. Mm-hmm. Those are great examples. Yeah. Um, there's um, Otto Scharmer with yeah. Theory You and Presencing. That's another mm-hmm. whole body of practice of noticing individually and collectively. Uh, many of the art of hosting practices uh, of being together in meeting are um, 
in support of, of noticing. So if we are in circle practice where we pass a talking stick around, you know, and, and the, the purpose is not just to, uh, to take turns each saying what we came to say, but it's to, to notice along the way. It's to be in the practice of noticing what's emerging uh, across what everyone is saying. What is the, what is the voice of the whole, I, I will often say. So yeah, there, there are more and more yeah. useful practices. This is, by the way, I just, individual and collective. I just want to mm -hmm. say that for people listening, that Art of Hosting is a very large community, as you mentioned earlier. And mm -hmm. uh, there are they are a practice group, I think, everywhere. And uh, mm -hmm. there's a website as well. So, so if people want to learn that, that's very much possible and very accessible. There are trainings and uh, groups. So, um, so um, I'm cool with mm -hmm. that. I would encourage our audience to, to, to do that. Um, mm -hmm. you, you say, you, you just say noticing what is emerging across what, what is the, um, the voice of the, of the all. Mm -hmm. So, so that's for me a very big question and love to have your perspective on it. Is, is there a whole, a, a whole, a whole, um, mm -hmm. In other, in other, in other, in, in other words, um, we could think that a group is just an addition of people, mm -hmm. or an organization, even an organ. Let's say an organization is an addition of people. You remove the people, there is no organization. Or a group, there is something emerging that is, or an organization is something that is is more than the addition of the people. There is, there is a mm -hmm. somehow a reality emerging from it a form mm -hmm. or an intention or something that is beyond people. And I really, right. I really, I, I have a strong temptation to go that way, but it's, it's so attractive that I just want to pay attention just to be a bit rigorous. And uh, mm -hmm. uh, so what is, what is a collective? What is an organization in essence beyond the people in it, uh, beyond the legal structures and the bank account? <laughs> and mm -hmm. and you no, know, what, so, so the, I would say more in the spiritual dimension, uh, yeah because you say we're listening to the whole is emerging something is emerging through mm -hmm. us so what is this That's right what is this i i what are your thoughts around that uh -huh. so <laughs> i think I, you're asking maybe two different aspects or okay. um, yeah. I, anyway i'll offer two different aspects thank you uh, yes. I, I i believe that um, an organization is an emergent property of the, the people and, uh, and patterns that make it up. So it is a, an ecosystem in the same way that your body is a living system or a rainforest is an ecosystem or an mm -hmm. ant colony and that it takes on a life of its own even as it is the people and, and they are there and they have their own intentions. But if the, those universal design principles that I talked about yeah. are all well cultivated they're present then it starts to take on a life of its own and it it continues even as the parts come and go right it's it, it has its own purpose and and we see that in organizations that they persist for a hundred years in some cases or hundreds of years and 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 we experience this in a simple inspired conversation so in this conversation you and I are bringing our diverse perspectives. And, and let's imagine we invited other people in with even more diversity. That would help this conversation come alive. And if we 
speak the same language and we have a good technical connection that supports us in being in exchange and interaction. And if we, we agree to take turns, you know, and, and we respect each other, we, we show our respect for each other, then the relationship, that, that aspect of this living conversation is, is good and, and flowing. And if we come together in conversation about something that we really care about, that's important and maybe important not only to us, but to the world, then there's even more life in the conversation as a living system, you know? And, and then if neither of us tries to control and choreograph, you didn't send me a script, you know? We just mm-hmm. knew that we could trust, that, that we could follow life's inspiration. Then if we have all of those conditions present, then we will come up with new insights that neither of us had before the conversation and, and we will be elevated. We will feel more intelligent, you know, and we will surprise ourselves. Have, have you had that experience where you mm-hmm. think, wow, where did I come up with that? <laughs> I didn't know I had that in me, but because yeah. I'm part of this thing that is now somehow bigger than, than me, even I'm, I'm elevated. And that's the sort of the promise of organizations and the promise of creating them as a practice ground for being elevated together to new capabilities and, and new insights, new potential. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, and, and I think you're asking me, do I believe it's uh, that, that life and inspiration? Is it something spiritual? You know, what I usually say is we, we, we don't have to talk about that. Even we don't have to agree. We don't have to know, but we do have to acknowledge that there is life that is self-organizing. And if we don't acknowledge it, then we stay in the management paradigm, the mechanistic um, controlling paradigm, and we miss out on all this opportunity. But between you and me, I do think, <laughs> I, I do think it's something spiritual. I think it's, it's the sort of magic and mystery of, mm-hmm. of what it is to be alive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we don't have to talk about that. <laughs> but you, yeah. you're saying that um, maybe the shift for if I'm a manager or if today I'm a manager or I want a leader and, and, and say I'm a leader of a company and I'm, I want to bring my company to the next level. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe the culture I want to create is that we acknowledge and rec- recognize that there, that there is life and that it is self-organizing. We don't have to control right. everything. Uh, exactly. And, and because when we control it, we kind of stop a natural mm-hmm. movement. It's like we recognizing there is a dimension of reality that is beyond our control mm-hmm. that is right. that is a bit mysterious but it's happening right. and it, it, it's this this life energy and it's actually coherent it's not exactly. chaos it's uh, it's uh, right. uh, there is a di- directionality there is intention in it and there mm-hmm. is there is capacity to to to, to for meaning and, and for forming um mm-hmm for 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 an output uh if i speak uh, with this old language yeah but it's an yeah, important for yeah outcome. Mm-hmm. for an outcome exactly an outcome. this word coherence you mm-hmm. you've said this a few times and it's a really yeah. helpful word life wants to cohere mm-hmm. there is an urge to mm-hmm. connect with other forms of life to create mm-hmm. some new form that has a higher level of complexity that has more capability this is our urge mm-hmm. right there's uh, there's a khalil gibran quote Mm-hmm. about life's longing for itself. I can't remember the full quote, but um, th- this, is, this is what 
is available to us. And we've all experienced it in that simple but inspired conversation. So imagine if every meeting were like that, you know, isn't that the goal that every meeting should be inspired so that we feel energized and more becomes possible, right? Mm -hmm. why, why wouldn't we design for that? Mm -hmm. Wow. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Michelle. So you're, I just, I just like to rephrase what I get from this conversation. I hear from you, mm -hmm. you're saying your voice that says, hey, uh, there is this thing that is in you and that is beyond you that is called life. Mm -hmm. And if you connect to it, my God, you'll, there is so much that is possible uh, mm -hmm. because if you connect to it, this is the way for you to thrive as a person, but not only as a person, as in, in your organization, for your organization, but also for the society, for the world. And it takes mm -hmm. for you to kind of trust that and, and, and yes. dare to tap into it. And, uh, and there are some practices for that for you and for your team and for your organization. Uh, you have mentioned a few. Uh, mm -hmm. We can learn that. But that's possible. Mm -hmm. And what if the world was led by uh, people and organizations and, and you say sectors uh, that mm -hmm. were uh, allowing this wisdom uh, to guide them? Let's do that. That's right. That's what you're saying, exactly. right? Exactly. I'm <laughs> saying that. And I'm saying that not only because wouldn't that be a better experience yeah. for each of us? And wouldn't mm -hmm. that be, wouldn't that lead to better outcomes for our organizations? Yeah. But The, the problems we're facing in the, in the world, the challenges we're facing can't be solved by the management paradigm. Mm -hmm. they, they are too complex. They call for too much um, the creativity and, uh, and levels of flow and collaboration. We're going to need to show up with everything we've got mm -hmm. if we're going to make it through. So we really need to try uh, this practice ground to, to mm -hmm. create those practice grounds because our survival depends on it you know mm -hmm. and yes yeah, and if you're mm -hmm. yeah go ahead sorry mm -hmm. just the, the, there's motivation at every level you know and, yeah. and we can be motivated by the opportunity we can be motivated by the fear as well of extinction but yeah there's lots of incentive to yeah that's, to, there's both. to find the courage yeah mm -hmm. and if you're a manager and maybe you don't have the you don't have your hands on all on uh, I mean, all the buttons, but at least you can create, you can make your team a practice ground for learning how to right. notice, to have right. deeper conversations, to kind of allow this life to go through and, and, and find a way. And that could, that's already an mm -hmm. amazing, it's an amazing project, yeah. a transformative project. Exactly. Um, wow. Thank you very much. I received a lot uh, in this conversation. Thank you. I, again, I want to, uh, I will put the title in the description of the podcast, The Edge of Thrivability. Um, mm -hmm. So uh, everything you share today, not, maybe not everything, but many things that you share today and also are articulated in the book. So for anyone who want to uh, reread that and, and uh, kind of structure it, that's, that's all in, the, in your book. Uh, really encourage people to, mm -hmm. to get it, to read it, um, but also to, to follow your invitation. Uh, Of, uh, of this journey uh, and not to accept oh, you're also saying something like you guys life is more about just living it's about thriving and uh, that's right yeah that's right and we're <laughs> worthy of thriving yeah. Yeah. The, me the mechanistic story told us that that's not a reasonable goal that busyness and productivity are their own reward 
and that's all we should expect. Just yeah. it's enough to be busy, <laughs> but yeah. we we are actually worthy of thriving. You, mm. it's 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 allowed, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and and in fact, the world needs you to to step up to that level. Yeah. Otherwise, we're yeah. just gonna busy ourselves to extinction. <sighs> busy ourselves to extinction. Yeah, yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Thank you for this word. So I'd like to close with this little challenge I'd like to ask, ask our guest, which is to, I'd like to give you two minutes, very short time. And I'm, I'm very curious what you're going to say, but this is two minutes of you mm-hmm. along with the audience. I'm going to cut my mic, remove my headset. And so we're not, you're not talking to me, you're talking to the people who are listening to us, wherever, wherever they are, wherever mm-hmm. they are, whenever it is in time. And um, so that's a moment you can really, it's, it's whatever, there's no expectation. You can stay silent as I like to say, and you know, offer a meditation or moment of bliss, or you can say whatever is true for you now, just now in this moment. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. <laughs> ready as I'll ever be. Yeah. All right. So I just put up two minutes and I just get my mic now. Okay. Hmm. I think I would like to say you are worthy of thriving. You have what you need. The starting point is to find another person and and have the courage to ask, what do you notice? What do you care about? What do you think is really needed? And who else might also be noticing these things? There are more and more of us. The, 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 the pandemic has shifted everything. In the 20 years I've been sharing this message, it's been really difficult. It's a big change in story. But in the past year, I've noticed that the world has, has shifted and I'm able to have these conversations with, with people I would never have expected to. There's a readiness and an openness and a new level of connection and commitment to, to change. We've discovered that we're capable of dramatic change. We're, dis- we're discovering that our destinies, our fates are interconnected profoundly. So this is the time to step forward and be courageous. And I'm here. I'm absolutely happy to have conversations reach out to me. Um, I host an online community to explore these topics. It's called Thrivable World. So um, I'd I'd be very happy to offer further guidance and, and be in learning together. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Michelle. That was two minutes. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much for being with us today for this very, very rich conversation for being a person who decided to know, to know less than thrive in your life and for the mm-hmm. result that it gets, the, the, the 
the outcome that it creates for so many people. Um, so thank you, thank you for doing that because when, as you do it, not only you serve people, but you also inspire a lot of people and awake in us uh, what is sometimes sleeping or that we may not dare to tap into that is this full potential of life, this full energy that we, that we have, mm -hmm. this capacity mm -hmm. to make a difference. So, and this invitation that you make us to go for it. Mm, thank you thank you for inviting me this this was a really wonderful conversation i appreciated your questions and and the insights that you bring as well all right so maybe another time we could have another 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 episode with you uh let's see yeah me too much and mm -hmm. um all right thank you everyone for listening Stay tuned for our next episode. Bye.